What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Uh, today's episode is a, is a special episode. I was invited to be a guest on another episode of the Wisest Wizards podcast, which I was a guest on previously. And I guess that was redundant, huh? Um, so I, I thought it might be cool to do like a interbred podcast to where we both put out the the interview and it's not really one-sided whether uh like our first podcast was sort of me being interviewed so we just wanted to sit down and have a conversation then both put it out um i highly recommend you go and check out the wisest wizards podcast those guys are really funny i uh i train at the nogara gym with carl one of the uh, wisest wizards and one of the guests today also, Lex is uh, sort of the producer of the Wisest Wizards. He he takes care of all the technical um, stuff, and you can find those guys on iTunes if you go search uh, the Stallion Radio Network. That's they do like a like a Death Squad thing. They're like they have an umbrella network in which there's like maybe six or seven podcasts that all go out through the same network. Um, but search that you could find that through all my links as usual the guys came over and and we did an interview at my house actually um we talk uh podcast history zimmerman and martin racism nationalism pride bad drivers man bq ribs food dogs s&m clubs body language snoopy the killing of america world star hip-hop white guilt and knife fights um, so as always, go check out MikeMaxwellArt.com, click on the blog to get information about each show and about what I'm up to on a regular basis. It gets updated a lot more than the actual website does, or you can click right on the podcast link there on the main page and it'll take you to the description of all the guests and where to download and do all that fun stuff. If you go to iTunes and you're, you're getting them from iTunes, make sure you subscribe. All the new episodes will show up in your in your list already. If um, all you have to do is hit refresh in that in the podcast area, all that stuff pops back up. But if you're listening to the show, you probably already know how to do that shit. So, but if you haven't done that for the Livery Podcast and for the Wisest Wizards Podcast, make sure you go do that. Click subscribe if you got time. And you're signed in and it's not a pain in the ass leave a little comment do a rating the rating thing is really easy you don't even have to leave a comment if you're too lazy to do so i'm sorry i didn't mean to insult you if you just don't got time or feel like dealing with it because honestly sometimes i don't either but do it if, if you got some time and if you really appreciate the show um i know a lot of you take the time out of your day to let me know that you appreciate it and uh of course i love getting all that stuff um, I read all the comments and everything on the the iTunes, so if you want to leave some over there, I'll love you just as much, I promise. Um, if you want to donate also after that sort of plea for comments and whatnot, um, you could do that also through the blog. There's PayPal links on, on most of the podcast areas. Just click on that, drop a 5, a 10, whatever. Um, I really appreciate everybody who has donated so far. Okay, I think that's plenty of Jabberjohn. 
there anything else but uh i got coming up uh june 2nd which this podcast i'm i'm recording this on thursday and it won't come out until the following thursday uh so yeah june 2nd there's a group show i'm doing with matt stallings that he put together with a bunch of local cool artists all the homeboys that's happening um what else I did a t-shirt for Rogan. We're doing a Death Squad shirt, which I don't know. Maybe by the time this comes out, we'll have announced it and put it out there. But I guess I'm leaking it now. Uh, That should be coming out, I think, through the Higher Primate company. Um, We're still trying to figure out all what we're going to do. But there'll be for sure a shirt coming out. And I think we're talking about a sticker, too. So look out for that. Uh, And I guess with all that said, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the wisest wizards. This is the wisest wizards, Lex. It's Carl. And we got a very special episode. We have one of the the most anticipated guests on the Stallion Radio Network that has ever graced his appearance on the Stallion Radio Network. <laughs> and we got Mike Maxwell again. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. And we're sort of, should we mention right off yeah, the Yeah, we're doing yeah. the, what is it, a, a inter-podcast type deal, yeah, crossover I think, thing? I think we're making podcast history. I don't know if there's ever been two podcasts recorded at the same time. We're also going to do... Simultaneously. Yeah. It's like a podcast breeding. We're, it's also an episode of the Live Free podcast at the same time. So what Magic. What Live Free <laughs> podcast would number this would be? 78. 78. Ooh. Yeah, man. man. Getting up there. Yeah, it's a lot of hours of nonsense out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how are you doing today, man? It's been a while. Yeah, I'm doing great. I uh, just got done. I got to roll a little bit. I thought I was going to be able to sort of just watch class today. I uh, I, I was a half hour late to uh, yeah. jiu-jitsu where we, we met up at the gym. And uh, I wanted to roll, but I didn't want to do all the calisthenics today. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Plus, I, you know, I did have shit to do, yeah. in quotation, yeah, shit yeah. to do. Work, you know. Yeah, yeah so I, I showed up a half hour late. But I'm feeling good. I got to I got to roll with the guys for the last... Half hour of class. No, that's sometimes great. it is kind of nice too to like just like hop into class a little bit late. You know, people are a little bit tired. You know, they've never done the warm up. <laughs> they're like, all right, guys, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I stomped on Andre a little bit. <laughs> nice. Oh. <laughs> he was tired and I was fresh right out the gate. Yeah, that's the best. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't. I seen this picture up on Facebook. You just showed us not too long ago about the guy wearing uh who is it? Jim Zimmerman is a bitch. Is that what his name? I, I couldn't remember. Or George Zimmerman. George. George. Oh, okay. Zimmerman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some. I guess these T-shirts are going around in Florida. Um, this girl who does a really funny blog that just uh, she reposts a bunch of like online dating things that she finds. Yeah. No. Just added me on Twitter. Uh, she uh, she had this photo and it was it's this black kid with dreads, you know, like probably in his mid twenties, and he's wearing a shirt that has the picture of George Zimmerman, like his his uh, his jail booking photo or whatever, and it says um, "pussy ass cracker." Oh, and so you know, I decided I was like I I was like it made me laugh out loud right away. <laughs> yeah, like, I heard of it course, and looked, yeah. you know, I I said it to myself out loud and I laughed. I was like, ah, oh, that's so funny, but. Funny on a bunch of different levels, not like, ha, ah, funny. That's a that's a that's, funny. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. what what's going on. That's like the real truth or whatever. One which is hilarious is that he's Latino. Yeah, yeah. well, he's like half. Like there's well, Zimmerman's a Jewish yeah, last Zim- name. Yeah, right? yeah. So 
Either way, that shirt's wrong. The statement would be funny in yeah, one way. Mislabeled yeah. from the beginning. Um, but the race issue is funny that that we could, you know, get up in arms that maybe this guy shot this this kid because of racism, then turn around and try to profit off the the racism from the other side of the coin. Now it's like it seems so counterproductive. It's like running into the same wall over and over again because. Because one, you know, and I'm going to say because an ego got bruised. I'm, I'm yeah, saying yeah. that sort of yeah. not not in any sort of justification or, you know, like minimalizing a murder if, if that's what the case is. Um, but we we we, we got to still be objective and look at these things from a, a clear standpoint. Like if 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 we're really mad about racism, if that's what it is, or if yeah. it's just an eye for an eye. Like you did this, and I I perceive you to be a part of this specific group, and I'm gonna retaliate. Which is, you know, we see that. Yeah, in, there's it's always happening. We like see that every in, day. Like you can walk outside the door and see that. You know. Yeah, it's like a man thing for some reason. Yeah, like, and and it's got to be ego, right? Like that's what that's you know the first yeah sort of instinct the ego. But um, I like to see. I liked how the media immediately, when it first, the story first broke out, it was like, "Oh, this this sweet, innocent little uh, high school kid, you know, seventeen years old, whatever. He looked like an angel, and this and that." And like now, whenever uh, George got you know charged for murder and all that stuff, all these pictures are popping up now. We're showing Trayvon flipping off the camera. You know, he doesn't look like the picture that the media was posting. Like you know, like probably it looked like he was probably like a freshman in high school and that was like his picture but the pictures are showing like he's flipping off the camera he's like trying to be like this rapper and stuff yeah it's almost like you know like they wanted to sell this one story in the beginning because they thought it would get a little bit more attention and either that story's kind of like run its course and then they're like gonna hit it with another story and you know in hopes of like yeah just getting more attention off of it yeah. the second time it's, and it's, yeah. it's really the prom- the promotion of racism the promotion yeah. of this sort of disconnect between humans like we're if you can look at each other as from some different class or culture, mm-hmm. then you create a separation really easily. Mm-hmm. That's why nationalism in and of itself, you know, like I, I talk against nationalism a lot, like people who are, you know, so like, like people at UFCs chanting USA, especially oh, like when there's told, a, when yeah. there's a, yeah. uh, we were totally talking about fire. this last podcast yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Just like on how problematic it is. Cause we had the same issue. Um, we were, we were, we were talking about cause we went to oh, shoot, uh, Vegas, Vegas. And then uh, the Hard Rock Casino, we had the Muay Thai fights coming out, and uh, Nils came up, and he's a fighter from Sweden. And then Matt Embray came up; they were both fighting, and uh, we were we were walking out because I was cornering Nils, and uh, Matt came out first, and they were booing him. And I was like, "Oh man, that's kind of weird. Like our guys aren't the type to, to boo, you know, our you know our, our, our fighters' opponents. It's just like not something that our team does." And then I was like, "You know, it's kind of weird, or maybe you know Nils had some buddies here from Sweden or something like that." And then uh, Nils comes out, and he gets booed too. And like uh, you know, we're talking to people later, and they were like, "Yeah, man, this crowd just doesn't like uh, non-Americans. So you know, if you're not from America, you're, you're basically getting booed. What and the like, fuck is that? You're paying money to watch these guys fight, and then you're gonna boo them just for not being American. That's that's what retarded the because they're booing themselves at some point of their uh, you know history ba- timeline stuff like that. Because if oh, he's yeah, not yeah. Native American, or even <laughs> the Native Americans did come over here through yeah. the Barren Strait, so there's no yeah. actual like you know national. Uh, what is it? Yeah. All of you change uh, your banners at yeah. some point, you know? I, yeah. Um, I just watched this really interesting documentary that was on Google, like, or it was Google or YouTube or something, but mm-hmm. it was the full uh-huh. documentary about genetics and how this, this woman went on a search, she was a geneticist, to see if being of mixed breed gave you um, better genetic value mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, you know, like more... Um, Arms. 
Yeah, yeah, you get like six arms or something. <laughs> no, there's no, a, I think, a greater diversity in yeah. your gene pool, so you're less likely to get what happens when we interbreed, which a lot of us, it, it's very, very far down the line, but mm-hmm. a lot of people who continue to keep their culture a part of their culture actually show certain diseases start to become regular oh. Uh, yeah. Certain certain dysfunctions start to start to occur. And there and there there was one disease in the Jewish community specifically that they kept getting over and over again, and it showed there they found this one kid who um, whose parents were both from two very genetically different parts of the world that mm-hmm. just so happened to be isolated and didn't mix with the rest of the cultures to become actually interbred like most of us are. Mm-hmm. And it found that he had, uh, there's two types of things that they, they search for, and I won't remember the medical terms. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Layman's good. Yeah. <laughs> but one of them meant that you were less likely to get certain diseases, like your, that your, your gene pool was hyper diverse. Yeah. And this kid had like the highest numbers that they had ever seen, like recorded. Damn. So, and in, in, it's funny, like I used to do these series of paintings that were all blue face people. Uh-huh. And when I had made them, it, it turned into this process of like a lack of race, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. uh, with the idea that eventually we all become like this one large race, like yeah. a, a, a big mixed like breed a of, of everything, everything yeah. which eventually will happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because what, what we see and what this geneticist was finding was that if you continue to interbreed, you eventually kill yourself off to, to a certain extent. Yeah. And yeah. you see it in nature too, like in fish species and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it just becomes about cultures versus yeah. like, you know, like you're, I feel like your identity kind of has to change. Yeah. But I don't know. Interesting though. Yeah. That, interesting. that, uh, that, uh, what is it? knock on some doors of the religion man because they don't like that well that's what they show like that's one of the big keepers of certain cultures is religion yeah and we hear it like like the psycho like right-wing christians here oh yeah even like you know people from like white supremacist groups Mm -hmm. who are really intent on keeping a purity yeah their thing but at the same time without like a level of racism to it like there's a certain pride that i could see that you want to keep your lineage going like on a on a micro scale yeah. you know we want to reproduce to keep our lineage our dna wants to keep moving forward mm-hmm. so that's part of the reason we produce you know and then on a grand scale like let's say a, a culture wants to stay a culture and mm-hmm. you know by doing that they need to reproduce within their group so like there's this weird level of like wanting to continue your tradition that yeah. you've been taught like mm-hmm. or that's almost like a part of you is like instinct almost like yeah you know, like the whole and that, kind of, that brings up another subject yeah. that i was i've been talking about lately too uh-huh. is you know stereotypically we say that asians drive bad right can we say that that's a, a typical stereotype <laughs> i have no idea what you're talking about that's, <laughs> that's actually weird that you would say that yeah no absolutely yeah. no people who don't have insurance drive bad <laughs> you know no so no, i go started ahead. like i was thinking like well beyond like that racist sort of stereotype what what else could there be like from a genetic standpoint yeah. like thinking along these same lines mm-hmm. and i started to think well you know cars and things it, and i find the same the indians have a, a tendency to not drive that great yeah i'm so, and so i was wondering is this an issue of you know in america in in our generation of people we've had uh you know four generations of people who have owned and driven cars yeah. cars were were invented here mm-hmm. is it a case of something being stuck in the DNA to where, let's say, uh, someone whose ancestors 
are or their grandparents are the first ancestors who've been here. Yeah, you know, maybe they never drove a car before, and for sure that generation before them never drove a car before. It's just the how it goes. Yeah, the most likely case. So, is there a thing to where like just even being able to drive a car can pass through the DNA? And I asked this question just not knowing. I don't know the yeah. answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, what's funny is that somebody was telling me about a study that somebody did a thing on these birds that, that there were some doves that happened to live by a train station mm-hmm. and they did this weird rolling behavior when the train started to take off. Something to that effect. This is a secondhand story that was told to me. Yeah. And they what uh, a geneticist did was take one of the offspring or took some of the eggs brought them to a totally different location and the birds had the same behavior even though they weren't around the trains and wow. weren't around the same the same group of birds they they had the rolling behavior it's like encoded in them yeah from the so could there be something as simple as driving you know operating a, a machine because like it, you can you even know? say the same thing about languages also I mean, pretty much anything that has to do like what the generations below have done, and then you turn to ca- uh, carry the same things. I don't know if they could tie into yeah. alcoholism or stuff like that. I think that's oh for sure, yeah. But I mean, do you think, think it'd be the yeah. genetic thing well, also? Well, I think the I think that'd be more like a mindset or something like no, something. You I, see. I I think even within my own family, there's it's clear there's a level of um, addictive personality. Yeah, absolutely. To mm-hmm. where you know there's a likelihood that one could fall into an addiction or yeah. get wrapped up in something also partly mind, but it could also be genetically passed along. I, I, yeah. I and that's something if you're strong of mind, yeah. then you, mm-hmm. it's not something that you can't overcome. But, I but definitely there's, think there's a, both like there's part of it. That's a learned concept that you're, you know, you're picking up from these people cause you sure. see it happen. And then there's other part where it's like, you know, you're genetically predisposed for these things. I, I, I definitely think that's both a factor. Yeah. I've seen it. I'd see, I'd see the fact that it'd be, it'd be learning like the first generation that would probably experience that. Like just like driving. Cause someone had to learn that, how to drive that car after they made it. So and then the next generation, you know, kind of was the first to look mentally and, you know, manifest that. And then be the ability, and then like probably years after that, it's now written in gel- genetic code. Yeah, that's like why that. I think like you know uh, the next generation past the, this group that seems to not drive well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and same, you know, the same thing that people say about women. You know, let's say. Oh yeah. In, I mean, in not to be chauvinist, but let's you know a lot of women didn't drive until within the last sixty years. So, yeah, pretty much. Seventy yeah. years, maybe. Yeah. Less than that, mm-hmm. you know. So like, it's just not a part of the day to day. Yeah, for the generations ahead, for what actually gets passed down. I think the language analogy works really well because it seems like we just automatically learn the language. Yeah. But if you think about trying to learn another language, it's like, how the fuck am I going to pull that off? Like, it seems like such a daunting task. And the only way that actually works to where it actually sticks in your brain to where you can like switch your thoughts because. Most of the time, when you think it's in English, and most of the time that someone's grew up in another place that spoke another language, they speak or they think in that same language. So I think you need to be thrown into like a situation to where you have no one speaking your uh, native language, in order to like you know be able to switch that function in your brain. Yeah, I, I see. I can pick it up sometimes. Like I could find root words if yeah. I hear certain languages, but that just might be from knowledge. See the whole thing yeah. right now. Like I'm going back and like I'm learning Spanish again, but uh, like. The, the way I hear Spanish when it's spoken to me, it translates in my brain back to English. 
like my thoughts in well, yeah, Spanish would be yeah, English. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. But it's like a math yeah. equation, right? Like you have to add it all up. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much it's yeah you tend to forget little things and all that stuff and like the all the extra uh you know words and you know pronouns and stuff like that in English do not exist in Spanish. There's like four and yeah. they have like millions of different meanings. It's such like a strange concept that like you know you're hearing something and you're basically using like a Google translator in your head. It's like <laughs> yeah. you know converting everything over into your root language. I pretended like I was gonna learn Portuguese, but I, didn't yeah. really. <laughs> I feel like, like a... it'd be easy because you're you know at the gym most of the people that do train there you know, higher ups are Portuguese, but it's the French Everybody's... part of it. The French part of it fucks me up. Oh okay. Mm. I don't know any French. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. Um, what else do we got? Well, there's an actual barbecue coming up at the gym too for dude, Vinny's last day. I, I am super excited for it, actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I just love barbecues in general. But uh, I was saying on the last podcast that like one of our buddies, uh, this guy Raul, I know you probably know him. He's from the gym, um, but we did this thing called like a man barbecue. And then uh, <laughs> so it's like it has to be on a weekday. You can't bring like your girlfriend or your you know your wife or whatever. Um, it's like like dudes only. So basically, you just bring something to barbecue. Um, and you kind of just sample it out to other people. And, like, it's always, like, this big competition to, to barbecue. Like, you can't bring vegetables unless they're on a kebab. Otherwise, you get, like, shunned. Like, yeah, so it was. It, it, it are, seemed like a really cool idea. So, like, man, we got to do, like, a barbecue contest. What are the other rules? Uh, dude, there's a bunch, man. Well, you like, said you, uh, you refer to your girlfriend yeah. as the old lady or the ball and chain. Yeah, you can only refer to them. Like, if you do bring them up, you have to refer to them as an old lady or ball and chain. Do all these rules apply to the gym? barbecue uh we should man we should actually make a sheet (laughs) but there's some girls that could probably kick all of our asses oh for sure yeah Yeah, like tiffany would just go just light people up you're like would you call a ball and chain (laughs) yeah (laughs) that might not be a good idea yeah but it's interesting like you say like oh we're gonna have a barbecue they're like okay hamburgers hot dogs like maybe i'll make it out like hey it's gonna be a competition like i'll be there (laughs) yeah yeah. i'm bringing my gourmet shit yeah yeah. tell me what's in the ribs or actually it's like a secret how could i tell you i could tell you so i can one you yeah so what's up with the the barbecue it was like how are they just like, was like well, sweet man, recipe spicy, breast, what are we talking or about? something like of your own creation no it's all my own creation nice. i have this when i cook i cook like a painter so mm. like when i paint i have this i don't know if i talked about this on the last no podcast. you didn't uh, if i uh when i'm cooking i will i'll do this i'll have the same mindset as when i paint so when, if i'm using color in in a painting i'll know that uh that it needs green or i'll know that it needs orange or yeah. something so I'll do what I'll do is I'll add that food color, you know. Oh, try okay. first, like the color tells me which which ingredient needs to go in. Okay, huh. and then yeah. I adjust based on the color which ingredient specifically that I'm gonna put in there. Oh, nice. You know, so it's uh, yeah. it's like a it's like a painting happening, and then yeah, and then the heat does all the all the real all work. the real. Yeah. <laughs> See, but no, I um I grew up um my. My parents' best friends and my best friend growing up, um, they lived in Lemon Grove and used to have these huge parties, just like mm-hmm. both extended. It, it was a Mexican family and an Irish Catholic family. Uh, the The mom was Irish Catholic and the, the dad was Mexican, so okay. it, it fucking the best parties ever. And... Uh, yeah. <laughs> the aunt... I can relate to the that. Aunt, right. get this, the aunt married a Filipino. Yeah. So oh, like Lupia. The, Dude, no, oh my the god. Best. Oh. And empanadas too, so it'd be yeah. empanadas and lumpia. But they would make the ribs and, and the two the, the uncle and the dad would have these like rib offs. Like mm. who would make the best ribs. What? So and and 
me and the rest of the kids, we would just stand around and, and check out what they're doing, snatch a rib. Yeah. Because yeah. literally, these ribs that they would make, you pick up the bone and it just the meat would just fall right off. Oh, those are awesome. And so I'm, I've been watching this my whole life. I'm like, what are you doing there? What are you doing there? And just picking up little bits <laughs> yeah. of advice along the way. And, and now it just it turned into me becoming the adult and I'm making the ribs now. Yeah. So yeah. I, I surprised the shit out of myself the first time. <laughs> I was like, I just made those, yeah. you know, because it felt like I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, but then Genetic, after thinking, thinking back, too. thinking yeah. back, uh, all that, all that time standing yeah. around the grill, it paid off. Like osmosis. Man, that's yeah. great. That's Did, it's great. interesting. We were in uh, Texas. What was it like two months ago or something oh, yeah. like that for a wedding? And then uh, he goes over and he talks to the guys that are doing the barbecuing, and it's like this group that's like you know they're renowned in the area. Oh yeah, they're um, like the, it's the Knights of Columbus Hall, and like these guys are like the grilling champs of yeah, the area, nice. or like the little, little town they're in. Yeah, that whole thing. And then he asked, yeah, yeah. And so I went over there. Yeah. I was like, oh, let me look at the meat, and I was just trying to take pictures because I'm like a tourist and all that stuff. And it, it's pretty crazy too because like right when we walked in. The first thing they knew, like, those are California boys, yeah. <laughs> California girls, and all that stuff. But anyway, so I was talking to him about the meat, because, like, I like to grill. I love grilling. I love throwing spices on it. And, like, he was showing me the brisket and the chicken. I was like, so, and I had a piece of the brisket. It tasted amazing. Like, there was seasoning on it. And I asked him, what did you put on this? He put, like, rock salt. And he looked at me, and he was like, started laughing. He's like, are you crazy? <laughs> and then he called his friend yeah. that's in the other room. He's like, hey, come here. <laughs> This Californian puts salt on his meat. <laughs> and he's like, are you from another planet? And stuff like, it was like ridiculous. I, That's I, so rare. I was so blown away. But I, I yeah, it drives they, out, said, right? they just said it was, uh, what is it? They just smoked it for that long. And then they put the sauce afterwards. But I'm a fan of just like having it pre like, you know, like a seasoned. Dry rub or, yeah. A dry rub. And then you don't have to put sauce in it later. Yeah. I do a 24-hour marinate process nice. on the ribs prior. <laughs> nice. And it's a long cooking oh, process, yeah. too. Yeah. I feel the longer oh, so are you, you gonna, it, yeah. Are you going to bake them? Or? I'll cook here, yeah, yeah. and then uh, I'll bring them to the grill. I feel like if you want that fall off the bone thing, like you either got to like cook them on like low heat for forever, but I feel like you just don't get that if you barbecue. I mean, if you're going to smoke it, you can do it, but I don't know. Yeah, even smoking just takes a long time if you have an actual like you know outside smoker. Oh, well, yeah. that's like those dudes, they have the trailers that they take their smoker with them every yeah, day. Yeah, do serious competitions, and I'll get heart attacks by yeah. 52. <laughs> At murder ribs right now, man. Man, how, how is that? Like, the best cooking f- comes from, like, you know, someone who's, like, a little overweight, you know, and actually, like, tastes what he's doing on the line when he's cooking. Like, whenever I see someone, like, that's, like, really healthy looking and cooking, I was like, I don't know if that, ta- like, I have this, like, you know, sort of, like, a uh, stigma about how their their food would taste bland while the guy who's, like, plump has his food that just, like, tastes like amazing things that are happening in your mouth. I don't know if I buy it, but I get that, this, I get this sentiment because it's, right. it's the same thing. <laughs> It's the same thing Can't with tattoo a artists. Chef. Oh yeah, like yeah, if you yeah. see a tattoo artist, no, no tattoos, don't get tattooed. By oh them. no, yeah. yeah, that's true. Do you have any tattoos? No, that's disgusting. <laughs> what do you yeah. want though? Yeah, <laughs> not that it can't be done. It's just it's not not trustworthy. Yeah, I got a friend who uh, actually went. In, he's like one of my good friends that I still talk to after I moved down here, and um, he has no tattoos on his body, and he wanted to get into tattoo, but he's also an artist, and he's going to the art uh, institute yeah. in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. So he was trying to make the crossover. And he needed to practice on somebody, and look what happened. He tattooed on himself. That's what I did. I so, did the same thing. Yeah, really? so, I mean, Shit. still, even even if he wasn't going to, like, an That's artist sick, trying to go into Damn. something like that in that profession, he's going to, at first, not look like someone that has tat- not no tattoos on him, but then later on, he's going to need someone to practice on 
and get better and stuff like that. So most likely he's going to have tattoos on himself in the end of the day. Yeah, the reality is that that in learning how to tattoo, you need to see how it works. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a tattoo shop apprenticing, you're watching the people who are teaching you all the time. And if you're in a shop all day, you're getting tattooed for sure. Mm -hmm. It's just going to happen. That's the way it goes. It's addicting, man. I still got to finish mine. Yeah, I'm getting my right foot done uh, in August. What are you going to get? Uh, I'm getting well. I have my left foot done. I have a food dog, mm-hmm. um, and I'm gonna get the other one on the other side. Nice. So, because there are always two. Do you know the food dog? I don't. Story. I was about to ask. Yeah. You know, it's the um, the Chinese lion dog mm-hmm. that's always there's always two of them out in front of gates. Yeah. Um, it actually it's like a yin and yang type of thing. Oh. You know, like Taoist idea of um, you know one of the lions represents. Birth. One of them represents death. One of them's feminine. One of them is masculine. And you'll see, there's always two. Hmm. One um, is usually playing with a a, a ball, hmm. then or it'll have a, a ball in its mouth, like a. And it's cool. They'll carve them to where their mouth is cl- is partway open, mm-hmm. and that's one of them always has a closed mouth, and one of them always has an open mouth representing life and death. Um, the the male will be open a little bit. And they'll carve a ball that stays in the inside, like you couldn't yeah. pull it out, you know. Yeah, but it's yeah. all stone carved. And then the female, where the male is playing with the ball with his paw, um, will have a little baby cub mm. on the side. So right now, I only have the masculine mm-hmm. side right now because we did. We I was the last person to get tattooed that night, and it was a long ass. It was like a four hour tattoo. And luckily for me, like my foot swelled up for seven days straight. Like I couldn't wear shoes for a week. I couldn't walk the next day. Like I needed crutches type of like trying to move around. Like it was so raw. So I was lucky not to do both of them at once. But it's been kind of weird, right? Because I'm I don't have I'm only yinning over here. I don't have I don't have (laughs) any yang to my yin. It's been a little off balance. And it's just because Aaron Delavadova is like one of the most renowned like top tattoo artists in the world. He um he did Rogan's full sleeve for him. No, There's no, some nice. video of that on YouTube if you look for him. So where's this he's guy a, located? He's at Guru Tattoo. Okay. Down in PB, and I'm oh, actually okay. oh, I've been getting good. tattooed there for a while. Yeah. And uh, so I'm also gonna try to work on my ribs, which had, needs to be finished as well. Yeah. I got a tattoo on my back. Painful man. That's, like, That's the, the ribs. worst. Yeah. It makes me want to cry. <laughs> like, I the last time we worked, oh each time we've worked, you know, yeah. I lay down on my side. And they put like uh, like the drop like the doctor's drop cloth mm-hmm. situations on the on the tables, and uh, when I get up, there's like a chalk outline of sweat of where <laughs> I had been laying the whole time. Oh. Like it's like a workout, dude. Because yeah. each time we start, it's like ab flex, ab flex, ab flex. Okay, like oh my god, ab flex. Ab, it's it's, ab, it's an ab workout for <laughs> as many hours as you're side plank for the yeah. uh, entire time. Yeah, to imagine that. It's yeah. it's the worst, and I'm I'm hoping now that I'm a little thinner, that like it seems like the more fat you have in the area, the more the I from what I've heard, it has a tendency to open up the um, nerve endings. Uh, I don't know if that's bullshit <laughs> or not. Like, it seems like so it may much. Yeah, but yeah. it just seems like if there's muscle there instead, or even just bone instead of the like chub, yeah. Yeah. that it's it's not as bad. And I had, yeah. dude, I used to have such a huge, um, uh, what's it called? Love, love handles. handles yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the spare tire? The <laughs> spare tire. Yeah, because yeah, it went all the way around. It, it didn't just stop on the hip. <laughs> but now it's weird. Like my hip bones are there for the yeah. very first time. It's very fucking. Yeah. Are you, you kind of worried that it's gonna be worse? 
No, I'm thinking it's going to be better. It's oh. not going to be as painful. Yeah. yeah. Fingers crossed. The only, the, the only thing I have uh, to actually, like, you know, agree with that was, like, but I, I didn't have it over my bone. Like, parts of my back tattoo go over, like, where my kidneys are. And that was, like, the worst pain. It, the pain shot from, like, the middle of my spine down to, like, the knee on the side that uh, he was tattooing on. And it was just an outline. And I was, like, it's I weird how it's all I, interconnected like yeah, that. Yeah, it's weird. But, uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't, it's been like five years since I've seen the actual tattoo and, uh, cause it's on my back and so yeah. like, I don't really care about it, but, uh, yeah, hopefully probably like, the next year I'm going to start finishing it. Yeah. Nice. I, need I don't have anything too. on my back yet. I don't have anything at all. It's like, it's weird being to be at like an MMA gym and just like yeah. not have ink. It's, it's, it's kind of so good. It's good that there's people that aren't, it's because it, like, I don't like to be that guy who's like, oh, it's cool now. It's lame. You know, now that everybody <laughs> likes it, it's lame. <laughs> but, but to a certain extent, I think that makes yeah. I make I I I point out that it makes people without them more individualistic almost. Yeah, now. almost, especially in SoCal. Like, yeah, everybody's got something. Yeah, but I mean, it's has so that diverse. Same California tattoo on the side mm-hmm. of their belly. Oh, I need I need I'm not gonna get that on the belly. I was thinking about getting that on my hand somewhere, yeah. like on my thumb. Oh, okay, mm. it's a cool spot. Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna say? The California. I was gonna. That's what I was gonna. Get oh no no no! Before that, you like were the gonna, state or uh, the same tattoos and or SoCal and be an individual if you don't have tattoos. Oh uh, well, yeah, like, yeah, just not having them now. It's like it's you're more individualistic. <laughs> but oh, what I was gonna say was that uh, you know, for each each person, it's so individualistic within what they have for yeah. themselves. Like it's such a personal story, and I don't know how it goes for everybody, but like for each of mine. It's a like a history book, like it's yeah. like a, a journal that's stuck to my fucking skin that shows everybody exactly who I've been. Mm-hmm. But particularly, it shows myself. And I, I, I talk about this shit all the time, but it, it makes me keep it real with myself. Like yeah. I can look back at some tattoos and remember what I was like at twenty one and be like, "Don't forget, son, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. who you were. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget, you might your ego might get big, or you might totally think you're somebody totally different." Yeah, well, then it's you like a, t- right a tangible reminder you see every day. Yeah, it's just like a humbling thing. Yeah, because I guess I am a different person now. But yeah, it's not to forget, not to like you can keep learning about yourself by examining who you've been. Like you can improve yourself even even if you've got past like an immaturity or like yeah. something that it was even if you overcame it just by going back and sort of examining it. You'd be like, oh yeah, that's me. <laughs> I think as long as you're getting something that's like meaningful, I think that's the important part. Just like versus like, hey, that tribal tattoo looks pretty cool. Like, yeah, well, that's a big problem too. I see. Like, y- there's, you know, we saw there's there's a ton of people with, um, you know, traditional Asian sleeves yeah. that really wanted to just get yeah. a full sleeve. Yeah, like that was their goal. Like, I'm, I want a full sleeve. I want it as fast as I can. Yeah. I want yeah. it now because it looks dope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where I want, I want the Buddha. I want the dragon. I want the koi and that's fish. fine. Like if that's what you want to do. But yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of a difference to that than say really being a collector and making sure For that sure. each thing is a as a particular interest to your life or something specific like and yeah. it doesn't have to be there's no fucking rules you can do whatever the fuck you want yeah but like if just being my judgmental self like, <laughs> i can look and be like oh well you just got a sleeve like i know a bunch of kids that got full sleeves when they by the time they were 21 like look like they were covered yeah and i think you know there's something he says it's a lot of work you know you went and did all the shit that you wanted to do but the likelihood is that you did it to to fill it up as fast as possible yeah. to have a particular look yeah. like a fashion like when dirt bike riding and all that shit got real popular like 
late 90s early yeah. 2000s like all the kids with Travis the flat bills and shit yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah like people well even like the um like the metal militia guys like yeah. those guys mm-hmm. got so popular here and especially i grew up in the east county so it's like that shit is heavy in the east yeah. county lots mm-hmm. of dicky shorts and flat bills and tattoos like but people wanted to get that look as fast as they could yeah. and i you know i'm not to say that i'm any different than that i just decided that i was for me i was i should take my time and be yeah like, a little bit more mindful of what it is that i'm doing i go more for like a thinking process and it goes through like a long thinking process before and like during i have a list of stuff that i've thought about for ages i got before i got live free on my knuckles yeah i uh i waited for years and i particularly waited like five years after that stupid fucking die hard live Live free, live free, die hard. Yeah, you yeah. want to time that little lady? Everybody would make this stupid comment when I would say it, and so I was like, oh, I'll, I'll wait, I'll hold it off a little. Yeah, bit. and I yeah. still get it sometimes, but I think it's it's a lot cooler now. But I I waited, you know, I I had anticipated not tattooing my hands. Yeah, until well after I was mostly covered, and it kind of looks like I'm covered now, but I still have a lot of open space. Yeah. But yeah, I figured my hands were getting kind of wrinkly and fucked up, so. I, I just went for it. <laughs> Cover it up. Yeah, I did my knuckles, and then it was like, oh, well, that just opens it up for everything else. Yeah. 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 No How many of them have you done yourself? Because you got, you got the one on your three. left leg, right? I've done three on uh-huh. my own. That was, I, I was going to tattoo, but I was, it sucked. I did not <laughs> like it after doing a full apprenticeship. Really? Yeah. Well, I. How long did you do it? Just like I did it, it for. Two? Well, I did a, a year apprenticeship and then like worked for like a month, but I was tattooing like into like the nine month ten month period i was i had to do all the shitty tattoos that nobody else in the shop wanted to do like all the fucking weirdos that would come in (laughs) i want a heart i do my first one was uh, um this lesbian girl that worked in the smoke shop next door she came in and got the um female bathroom logo really tattooed on her i think she got that and then uh her friend got a mi vida loca (laughs) on her hand so, so do, do some artists, like, I mean, I'm, I would imagine, like, you know, if you're at a certain level, you're like, dude, that's, like, almost, like, beneath me. Like, I'm yeah, an artist. Well, like, I want to, like, make something beautiful. For instance, all the tattoo artists that I go to, mm-hmm. I tell them an idea, and they they do what they want to do. Like, mm-hmm. they, it's all, like, custom stuff. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times, like, my, my buddy Mike Giant, he just actually retired, but... Uh, I would just be like, what do you feel, what What are you into drawing right now? And mm-hmm. let's see how that fits into my scheme of things. Yeah, like, yeah. what series, like, what do you like working on at this particular moment? Mm-hmm. And how can we work that into the imagery that fits my sort of metaphors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you yeah. know, but, they, but what I, you know, f- for me personally, I saw myself sitting in this shop doing shit tattoos that people came in and had an idea that I don't want to do. And even to this day, like some like custom work that I do for people, or mm-hmm. some commissions, or some like uh, graphics jobs, it feels like that feeling that I used to get in the tattoo shop <laughs> like of you're like just working. Like yeah, you're like artist. you're telling me what to do. This is yeah. not my uh, plan. My yeah. plan is for me to do what I want to do. Yeah. yeah, and you just like it afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> like I that. Feel like it's easier too. That and way. not to be not sort of maniacal about it, but like that's so, that's my my pleasure right there like Mm -hmm. that is my ultimate goal yeah is for me to do exactly what i want to do and for others to appreciate it and whether they appreciate it or not it's not that's not the end goal but to get both of those because i'm gonna do whatever i want to do anyway yeah and hopefully it works out but it's you know for those two things to systematically work together is you know yeah yeah i mean i think like 
I don't know if they're explaining what they want. I mean, there's almost like a certain degree of like if they explain it and you give them exactly what they want, there's almost like a little bit of like a disappointment there too. You know, like it's almost like they want to be surprised or like they want like you know something more. You know, yeah. that's kind of where the people are weird. People don't know. People who aren't in the creative field, they mm-hmm. don't. They don't know that if you come in there with the 150 things that you want to fit into a three-inch circle, yeah. <laughs> how r- retarded that is. Yeah. You know? It's like they don't know just because, yeah. just from lack of experience. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, when you get that shit every day, you get annoyed. And that's when you get like those like, uh, like asshole-type tattoo artists that are like talk yeah. shit to everybody like yeah. right to their face and yeah. are all like brutal and blunt and... <laughs> but it's like okay they've had enough of that yeah. nonsense and yeah. they're just gonna lay it out oh great yeah. another you fucker that wants honor and loyalty on his arm yeah. on his arm yeah. in kanji weird yeah. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey hey Go, hey i'm just i'm just playing <laughs> <laughs> i actually do want kanji on my shoulder so i'm just kidding you should do it man you're gonna do a yeah. you should do a samurai too man uh or you think you're gonna fighting go fighting ninjas yeah. and aliens i have and a aliens. Yeah. no i want sasquatch in the I background want, i want my uh my grandpa's last name uh yamashita uh uh, there's no more like like sons like to to hold like the family you know the family name. So start producing. There it is. Know, right? Full circle. And back know. to where we started. <laughs> Genetics. So I want to I want to get like the this last name tattoo because my yeah. last name is Gephardt, but uh, he means like super important to me. He's like one of my idols growing up. So I want to yeah. get like get, like the family seal. Is on that my an shoulder. Irish name? Gephardt. Gephardt German. The German. Yeah. 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 Definitely not Japanese. No, I feel that. People always, t- people feel, always tell me, like, yeah. what's your last name? Like, Chen, Lee? Like, no, it's Gephardt, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, f- I feel that that's cool because, like, you know, you got to, like, if you can't pass out, like, or you can you can still pass DNA and stuff like that, but, you know, the honor of what, you know, he meant to, you can pass that on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, with you ink. Can, yeah, with <laughs> ink. Or you yeah. can have that story to tell, like, if, yeah. you know, because people ask about tattoos oh, all the time. Sh- you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that reminds me. Um, there's this guy uh, over at our gym. Um, he just got a tattoo done, and like, there's like a crazy story with it. So he he went to I think it was Fiji in order to get it done. But this guy's like super expensive. He's like you know like I guess well known and like his whole thing is like you tell him like your story, like your life story, hopes, dreams, all that kind of stuff, and then he just free hands a tattoo on you. But you can't look at it, and you you don't know what it is until he's done with it. So oh. you pay him this money. And then he just tattoos you basically, and then it's like supposedly like resent, representing you, but then you just you have no you just fucking like rolling the dice, you know what I mean? Yeah. So his actually his kicks came out really good. Like he said, he was kind of freaked out about what it was gonna be. Yeah. You know, like can you just like tell me where it's gonna be, or like, like can you just give me like a basic sketch? And he's like, no, nah, yeah. man, I just like I just flow, you know, like I just it just happens. Whoa. So he ended up getting it looks sick. He's got like a, a shield basically like on his right shin, and it's got like all these like different. Yeah, it's know. that traditional like Maori style. I know. What is it? Maori. Uh huh. Um, there's actually a guy at Guru Tattoo that um, that does that, that or specializes in that. But you know, originally those guys do the hand poke tattoos, mm-hmm. which you know, well, there's the traditional Japanese way, oh, which is chisel. like was yeah. like a stick with a with the needles at the end, and you sort of jab. Mm-hmm. Well, those these guys have um, wooden uh, needles basically, where they make these wooden pieces that attach to a a, bo- a, a stick. And then they, they they have another stick that they hold and then tap it, um, like tap the back of it against yeah, the skin, yeah, yeah. so it makes like a pattern. Yeah. And that all that stuff, all those patterns, they all have weird uh, metaphorical reasons for each different direction oh, and shit, all those man. sorts of things. And so the, you know people do that a lot. Like we'll mm-hmm. go and that's a pretty traditional way to go about. Like you don't know what you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. Um, and his was machine done, mm-hmm. but. 
you know, just I think that's a timing thing because it's still like four hours and you're yeah in some yeah. islands in the middle of nowhere. You got you only got so much time to take care of it. Yeah, <laughs> but that's a cool story. He yeah, had like to be able to go do that. Yeah, it's very yeah, like it's crazy. Uh, lost. Yeah, and, like going and, going back in like to like you know rituals and stuff like that and like the most like the you know the actual way you know excuse the, the sirens. Way. Yeah the authentic way of actually doing it is like you have to prepare like you know they meditate like you know for the day before and then like you know they uh show you how the pain's gonna happen and it's pretty much like and then you go into it for the next like couple days or however that long process goes yeah some of the that's like when those guys do full sleeves that way is fucking intense yeah because it makes a sound it makes a sound that's different like when you get tattooed you all you hear is yeah, but the sound that hand poking makes, or mm-hmm. that thing, it's like a like a yeah. like a funky little stabbing your gut sound. One more training partner's got like the uh, the shark teeth one or whatever, like like Hawaii, where it's oh, like the taps. I was man, like, why would you agree to that? Man? Oh man, so <laughs> dangerous. Yeah. People don't know about yeah. blood. That's one of the things working in the tattoo industry is learning about uh, bloodborne illness and how mm. fucking disgusting it is. Yeah. yeah. A, uh, it's so easy to get hepatitis if you fuck around. Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. <laughs> Don't get to prison tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy how they do that. You know, they melt the plastic and stuff, or they, you know, they... Oh, jail burn, style? Yeah, yeah, they burn the plastic, and then... Oh, dude, get the rid- carbon. So Ridiculous, dirty. man. You know, and I've seen some jailhouse tattoos, not because I'm... Yeah, I'm, I haven't been to jail, but I did hang around with the bad kind of the crowd. bad kids the bad kids and like this guy like literally came out and uh he was he, he had tattoos everywhere and this one tattoo had like you know the state prison being blown up and it was with him so yeah and i was like that that's like a like like if i wanted to know someone from jail who was tattooed i'd figure that tattoo would be on him but i asked him how he did it he's like oh no we melted you know the plastic forks and stuff like that and then poked them in my body and i was like that's ridiculous <laughs> I, just, I just imagine him explaining like now lex i don't know if you know what this means but it's a symbol for me fucking hating prison like, <laughs> oh i get it i get it <laughs> i understood what the symbol meant well, just did, by looking at it <laughs> i've had some concerns about the ink that, that i've put in my skin well just you know yeah. we think yeah. that just the carbon off the burning the plastic forest is weird but there's got to be some heavy metals in some of these like bright colors. Oh, yeah. That oh people, yeah. yeah. You know, it's not much different than the the black ink that I got in my skin. Yeah. Too. It's not that far off. I, I imagine. Yeah. Man, I don't know about that. Yeah, it's. I can we only, don't know, I can, right? I can only say, <laughs> yeah, I can only say like there's petroleum in in that you're putting in your body that's like changing. Or but what, byproducts from it. Isn't it yeah. petroleum and actual like you know tattoo ink also? So is it kind of the same thing? I have no idea. Dude, this is like I'm saying, I don't know. Everything, man. Yeah, I've know, thought about man. looking it up. Google would don't probably do tell it. us. Don't, it's not necessary. Yeah. Why would you I want know, to know? I'll start it's itching. already in. I know. Yeah, yeah. it's already in. <laughs> cut them no. out. I just want. To <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of cut them out, how do you feel about those flesh tattoos? Flesh tattoos. Yeah, the people who like cut themselves do. and no, n- or burn. No, no, no. They don't cut. Like they actually like scoop out parts of the flesh and make like designs like that. Dude, there's a big thing where like you, you can insert like metal plates underneath the skin and yeah, create that's like been around for a while. So nuts, man. So nuts. I don't know. Scarification is a little extreme. Yeah. I think that there's even in, amongst tattooing, not a lot of people ever. I never hear anybody talk about this shit. But there's a sort of masochistic yeah. experience that takes place. Like you, you're going there knowing yeah. that you're inflicting pain upon yourself. Yeah. And not only that, but the tattooer knows they're inflicting pain upon oh, you. Dude. And I think. When I was younger, I think part of me kind of liked the pain, mm-hmm. yeah. as a, you know, like to avoid whatever drama was happening at the yeah. time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not much different than like the people who go get fucking 
paddled at the fucking weird S and M club or whatever. <laughs> and I had to add weird to make the S and M yeah. club seem stranger than <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Well, but you gotta go. Uh, yeah, yeah, I gotta take off. I gotta teach right now. All right, Carl, man. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate right. it. Later, I'll see you later. Thank, thanks again for being on, man. You're yeah, amazing. Of course. I'll, yeah, I'll see you soon. Yeah, bud. Later, brother. So speaking about weird, man. Um, I want to go back to like whatever we went to, like you know the whole meditation process and stuff like that, and tour. A lot of people use certain substance to meditate or even meditate freely. And I know you have a big stance about like, you know, like uh, marijuana and stuff like that and the benefits. But then there's also stuff like pharmaceutical companies pushing, you know, crazy, you know, products that kill people and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just I just watched this film, um, o- the Oxycontin Express. Yeah. Which I think is the name of this highway that runs from West Virginia down to Florida. And. It's amazing, like, I, I saw this strange analogy of, of how the medical marijuana shops had been working here in San Diego yeah. in comparison to the, what they have, what they refer to as pain management clinics mm-hmm. in Florida, specifically in, um, uh, what the fuck is the county? Uh, it's like, a, it's like Buford, but it's not, it's Bader something. Yeah. Uh, I can't uh, remember the name of the county. We'll, we'll get back to just, that. Uh, just north of Miami, I believe. Yeah. Um. To where these places are taking and giving people massive amounts of heavy opiates, you know. Yeah. Oxycontin. Oxycontin, Two different forms of Oxycontin. They have the Oxy name, but some other other part to it. And, you know, anything Oxycodone, which basically, Uh for people who don't know, is basically heroin. Yeah, you know. So these people are, are claiming to be helping people with pain management, which I... I saw all these stats and I started to think, well, you know, a lot of old people move down to Florida. Yeah. You know, maybe there is a certain need for some of these things, but mm-hmm. what it ends up being is these shady little spots that are not only prescribing yeah. people uh, prescriptions for these drugs, but also selling the drugs right there in the same environment. Oh, that's ridiculous. And then people, what they do is the cost of them in Miami is let's say one pill costs five dollars in Miami. It costs mm-hmm. thirty dollars in West Virginia. Yeah. So these people are, are, you know, like drug. Are, they're drug dealers. Yeah. The drug dealers are hiring people to go down to Florida, fill up as many prescriptions as they can. There'll be what? like five people to a car, and each yeah. one will hit like seven shops. Okay. Drive them back up to West Virginia. They tell them here, you keep, you get to keep half the pills. So those people get to get high. They sell enough to make some more money to yeah. get more pills. Then the people are able to sell the pills at like, uh, you know, five hundred percent, you know, Markup, profit rate. Like that, yeah, yeah, and and are getting people basically hooked on heroin. That's ridiculous. And these dudes, these people are junkies. It's so fucking scary, and people are doing nothing about it. And I what, what was so what made me angry was thinking about how the fucking state U.S. the U.S. attorney, yeah, for California, um, Laura Duffy makes this big fucking plea to shut down all the medical marijuana shops. Yet yeah. if we look right on the other side of the country, it it's it's clearly much like, worse. Yeah, worse. And I said, you know, nobody in the history of humankind has overdosed from marijuana. Yeah. And people brought up the that maybe from smoking it there could be some carcinogens from the plant matter going into your lungs. Yeah. And I could see that. But nobody's ever, ever overdosed. And what they're showing is that seventy five percent of the drug deaths Yeah in florida are um prescription pharmaceuticals yeah you know and people just take a little bit too much and they die they go to sleep and they don't wake up yeah 
and I've like, I've, just, I've seen it personally, and mm-hmm. it, it's fucking insane, and and nobody really gives a shit because the the reason is is because those pharmaceutical companies are paying all of the the lawmakers yeah a, in Congress to con- let them continue to do what they want to do because they're funding these campaigns, they're giving them the money, yeah. they have the lobbyists down there that make it to where they that they don't get fucked with. So what what is the whole thing like? You know, like there's also uh you know uh synthetic marijuana there's also other stuff like so the opium would you think the opium plant itself you know that's in oxycontin would be less damaging as the pill form because like you know there's a lot of fillers that they throw in and stuff like that just to keep it in the capsule or you know just to keep the certain structure remaining the same well what they say is that look you you're you're getting basically they're willing to say look you're getting your heroin from uh you know what you're getting yeah, like it's it's made by scientists and maybe not like a drug cartel. Okay, but if the reality is, is that you know it's almost the same if you look yeah, at it. Yeah, those dudes that have been making opium in the fucking in Afghanistan have probably yeah. been doing it for generations. Yeah, you know those and 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 the thing is, is that we and we also don't want to look at that because we we say it's a, a synthetic opiate. Yeah, a synthetic has to have some small portion of what it's synthesizing i believe i'm not a doctor yeah. but i i have the tendency to believe to think that uh based on my own experience that there's probably a there some portion of the opium plant goes into that mm-hmm. and so then you have to ask yourself well fuck how do these pharmaceutical companies get all this opium the opium isn't being grown here yeah maybe they're able to synthesize a certain amount but it so seems they take like it from the you, you know if, that type if, of deal and like I said, I'm not a doctor, so this could all be bullshit. But like I've seen how they synthesize um, marijuana into a, a pill form when the way they make Sativex, and it's it's basically a concentrate of the plant. And so, so I gotta believe so they're that still using an, the actual plant. I gotta to make the synthetic I, stuff again. I'm making an yeah. assumption. Making that oh, okay. That it that the actual oh, well uh, for Sativex. Yeah, yes, for the actual plant is being used. Yeah. But but you I, don't know about the opium. And all that I stuff. don't know how yeah. they make the opiates. But I gotta I feel assume like my brain tells way. me that you would still have to have some part of that opium plant. And so you ask yourself, where the fuck does all that opium come from? It comes from like the main mainland, dude. Like you know Afghanistan, right? Or the whatever. fuck out of Afghanistan. Yeah. And so what the fuck is that about? So at some point you we're, we even got we, armies protecting those farms. Yeah, so dude, we're it's ridiculous. We're okay with one particular drug that is known to kill thousands and thousands of people let alone let's not even we don't even need to bring up cigarettes yeah no then we have this fucking federal task force that's that's aimed at stopping marijuana now i could see that it could it's it's clearly it's a financial thing yeah it is it's greatly a financial thing because once once they find something like where marijuana can alleviate like there goes all your prescription drugs out the window oh yeah yeah and then you can also you can you can do it yourself you know you you obtain that permit and you grow it for yourself and boom, there's there's loss on you know the medical and guess what the those drug are those administration all that stuff you know those are those same guys that have their pockets in Congress's you know already yeah. have their hands in con in in the pockets of Congress so they they can do what they want if they yeah. don't if they don't want something to go down like hey look we've we've been giving you fucking millions of dollars for the last ten years let's, yeah let's let's put this one aside. Yeah, that's true, man. It's the same thing with, like, William H. Herschel. You know, like, he had the printing press up in, like, you know, Central California or Northern California or something like that. And uh, you know how you can make uh, paper out of, you know, the stock of the marijuana? From hemp, yeah. Yeah, from hemp. And, Which uh, is the non-psychoactive. That's so he came out with, like, reefer madness and stuff like that. Or 
to just like you know keep his business afloat because it was attacking it. Yeah, we still see that. We still see that today. Like reefer madness ideas still exist, and yeah, and even even in the dumb like like goofy stoner movies. I was just looking. It was funny. I went back to like see some stupid stoner movies that I had watched when I was a teenager that uh-huh. I thought were funny, and there is this one that was based around. I already forgot the name of it. It was so terrible. But it was based around um, the Blue Oyster Cult, Baby Don't Fear the Reaper. Oh, I don't know that one. The whole movie was like they they kept like talking shit on the song because the one stupid stoner like really yeah. liked the song. But the, I, it sucks that I can't remember the name. Dude, the, the song's that song's amazing, man. I just Will Ferrell fucked that song up for me, dude. I can't take that song serious anymore. Is that the the, the cowbell? Yeah, one? the cowbell one. Yeah, you hear the shit out of those cowbells now. <laughs> yeah. No matter what, that uh, there was a, another band that came out that just had. Uh, God, I'm so bad at my my recall memory. It's so terrible for me to try to remember <laughs> things while being recorded. Yeah, so but yeah, it's pre- the 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 issue is is clearly a massive. Like the doctors were saying, it's an epidemic. If, yeah. If like eleven people a day were dying mm. for anything. Yeah. If uh, one of the now there was a lady on there, she's like, if eleven manatees washed up on the beach every mm-hmm. day, yeah, people would be having a fucking canary. Yeah, you know, everyone would be freaking out like we gotta save these fucking manatees. Yeah, but just because it's some stupid humans that they're fucking smoking pills, fucking it's shooting them up. or you know snorting them. God damn, it's a fucking crazy world, man. And if in people if they just smoked marijuana, they could just leave all that shit alone yeah but once you're hooked it's you're fucking on the line dude yeah it's like if you're like, like everything you do like every all your goals in fact like have to lead to that and the outcome yeah that's like, the know, goal of the day is to yeah. get high because you the kid there's a kid in there he had a real uh, a good a good point that i something i've experienced myself that uh at some point you get high so much that there's a big high and yeah. you drop off and go low. Yeah. And each time the low gets lower and lower and lower. And when you get high, you just get back up to normal. You don't yeah. hit that high anymore, but so you you're need looking... that shit to get out of the ditch. Yeah. So and you're trying, are you trying to go for the, oh, so you're trying to eliminate the crash in general? Well, you're just you're... trying to or level exp- back out. Oh, okay. Because you need to get, it's not even like when when you get to such a point of, of addiction that you don't you no longer actually get high from the substance you just try to get back to normal oh okay yeah yeah which i find that just with marijuana like i smoke daily yeah and sometimes like i like most people who don't smoke if they smoke my weed and come over here they can get fucked up like it it just it's just how it is like the level of thc is high Uh and if you don't have thc in your system often it's gonna mess you up but for me Based on my tolerance, I basically just get sort of up to normal. Like, yeah. I, obviously, the lows of like an opiate addiction are the, five thousand times. Like I don't even I, see if there's any. Yeah, I might be on the sand with maybe like the little like kids sand toy. Yeah. You know, like digging a little tiny hole yeah. compared to like a fucking five hundred foot ditch or something. Yeah, it's freaking ridiculous, man. Yeah, it's a but, weird and it's a kind of hard to put those two together but it's uh, i can see the how it works i don't i don't i don't get how like that can that's like you know even being like allowed to even happen like you know because they're doing this whole big trafficking like what you explained about when they're transferring the opium from like georgia to like you know from florida to georgia that's trafficking in general yeah yeah and like they're making a big thing out of out of country trafficking guess what you know 
there's there's secondary industries all around it based on the prison system. Uh-huh. So what the one Congress and uh, the authorities they that's work. Yeah, that's clearly they're gonna snatch one out of fucking ten. Yeah, they, you know, but you get then the payout, get a cut of whatever you know. That it's the local law enforcement in the cities of the people who are using and are are committing crimes so that they can get more money to get more drugs. They're yeah. really the ones that are suffering. But people along the way from that drive up to Florida or down to Florida and back are people that are making money. Mm-hmm. You know, because they know they're gonna catch some people. It's like just it's like you throw a net out. You're going to catch a couple fish. Yeah. Maybe the big one gets by. Maybe you grab that big one. And yeah. then a couple of little ones get by. And it's no problem. But you're going to get that money. You're going to get those yeah. drugs in your system. Not your, you know. Yeah, into your, yeah I know. <laughs> into yeah, your, into your system system or whatever. Yeah. And you're going you're gonna to make money. And you're going to make money off the prisoners being in, in your prison. Yeah. That's ridiculous, man. And all those things have lobbies that get back yeah. to the lawmakers. So the people who are making the laws are benefiting from the criminals that are breaking the laws that they're implementing. So it's so, a fucked up spiral. So like what you said, like in the last podcast, like if no one does anything for like anything bad and like obeys whatever laws that are in place, like what uh, what's the cops gonna have to do? So like, will that just like crush like them financially to where like? Well, that they, we see that we see that. Well, it's laws already it's already invented. getting bad right now, but I don't I don't get how like it's bad to where you can get like a speeding ticket and pay two hundred dollars, and that, like they do that you know hundreds and hundreds of times a day, or you know hundreds of times at the end of the month, which most likely happens, but you know making all that money, and they still say like you know our state's broke or you know even the nation's broke when all this stuff is happening. Like where is that money going? A lot of a lot of times it goes to pensions and things that have the, the money that they need when they're done working, <laughs> you know. And that's not to say that they like you know yeah that happens at the local cop station per se, but I think there's a little bit of that of everything, man. Yeah, I mean, and that you know, I say that not giving you know personal responsibility to those committing crimes. Yeah, but if we see something as silly, we we all know by now that it's retarded that marijuana is illegal. Yeah. But if you look in jail systems throughout the country, there's a large portion of those people are marijuana crimes. Yeah. Shouldn't even be a crime. It's ridiculous. But but that's that's secondary industry. So that secondary industry is has an incentive to keep criminals criminals. But in, in if you decide yeah. to redefine what a, a criminal now is, mm-hmm. and a big chunk of that portion is your is your livelihood. Yeah. Imagine just a livelihood like you're working a regular job. You're going to fucking do whatever you, you can to keep that money coming in because we're yeah. so addicted to money. Like same, pla- same thing where I'm at, man. Dude, we, I make money getting people fat. Like I work for a chip company. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's the that's the goal. <laughs> and like I'm every time I'm like there, man, I'm just like, man, it's like I'm not even helping anybody out in the long run. Well, especially There's, the people in marketing yeah. that that have a very specific goal to get you know, it's it comes back to intention, which I think we talked about before. Yeah. You know, like what is your intention? Like if that's uh, it's so hard to say like I I would probably not do much work for like, ah, I'm such a liar. I just <laughs> did work for it. Never mind, I'm not gonna say it. I try not to. I, nah, I'm a liar. I'm just as guilty as everybody else. Yeah, so to to some to extent, because like we had a conversation with the one of Carl's neighbors, and he says like the whole like you know profit scheme is like the, there's always some somebody or something exploiting something. Like if you break it down, like anything, like even if you give donations, you're exploiting them 
to your benefit or something. It's always like that, which kind of like, you know, is really pessimistic kind of, it kind of like throws you in like a, you know, reality check type yeah. of deal. If you look at it in society though, it's not much different. Like our friends are our friends cause they sort of provide something for us, whether mm-hmm. it be psychological or, you know, physical or yeah. whatever. Like we find people that help us along our way. Yeah. Like there's always that like give and take, yeah. you know? And so it's, it's not surprising to see it escalate in in a financial world yeah you know because it's like oh it's there like someone yeah just the idea of retail you know retail sales how you uh, a play a a certain person can buy something for half the price put it up and sell it for twice the amount to some unsuspecting consumer there's almost like a sort like a sort of like classification and levels in retail sales like you know you could see like someone who's a salesman like a best buy like you know they don't look that intriguing you know you kind of like can like you know push them over and stuff like that but then you go to like salesmen that like go to that like sell uh timeshares and dude just to, just to look on their face do they look like they're in just like you know pull you in and there's like they don't yeah. take no for an answer it's and, like, like a good card player yeah it's ridiculous and they have that face like you know they've had a hard life or you know they just made that as their persona to like you know do what they do it's crazy it's a very manipulative profession yeah they learn how to feed off people's insecurities like car I, salesmen. I used especially. to think car smells salesmen were bad, but dude, timeshare salesmen are just. I think it's. it's there's so level. much money, but it's like it's like the new scumbag level. It's like the douchey douchey salesman, man. It's like the brown belt level yeah. of salesmanship. What would I'd be like, the top? I'd, Who are like the top sales? The black dude. I'd, I'd have to go like kind of religion, man, with that. If you want to even put that in the same. Same yeah. thing. Or it seems like. Uh, or even our like government, Wall dude. Street bankers. Wall Street. Oh, dude. Yeah, dude. They live pretty fucked up lives, man. Or just investment bankers in general. Yeah. Just the stress of that, like you know, having all that money and just like it's it's pretty much legalized gambling. Yeah. So yeah. they There's have the same. Of that. They all have the same characteristics of someone who's you know blowing away their like two hundred dollar check at the Saquon Casino. Yeah. Trying to just get a little extra. Yeah, I mean, and it's about—it's not even about that money. It's about that thrill. Yeah, I can't even. I gamble on fights. It's so—it makes the fight. See, so I want to do that, but I don't—I don't know how where to start, and I don't want to like you know, get stupid. But um, yeah, and gambling in general, dude. I don't even like sit at the blackjack tables or anything like that because I can't. I I can't sit there for a long period of time and just get like you know, bored or I'll get frustrated and stuff like that. Like I'll play the slot machine and like once I start losing whatever I put in, I get frustrated and yeah. just win that money back and I'm out of here. Yeah. You know. But you know, betting on fights, that's, I bet on like, you know, boxing matches and stuff like that. I mean, that's fun, but we do like the whole card thing where you like you shuffle a deck of cards and you uh, you know, disperse two cards and whatever that card, you know, like there's 12 rounds, so there's like 12 cards. So whatever you have, like if he wins that round, the knockout in that round or you get both, like you roll doubles. It's like a pool. Yeah, it's a pool. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit more instead of like saying, oh, I'm gonna bet fifty dollars on you know John Jones. Yeah. Well, oh, do you know how how fighting how fight betting? No, how I works? have no idea. It's like I well, it's set up. They do odds. So yeah. each fighter has a particular set of odds whether they're gonna win or are considered gonna lose. So it's almost like race horses then, something like that, like that yeah. type of deal. Yeah. Okay. So like. Uh, like right now, Junior Dos Santos, who's fighting this weekend, oh Frank, Frank Mir, dude, I'm is, excited about that. Is minus five hundred. Mm-hmm. So let's see if I can remember how to do. It. So if 
If it's minus five hundred, I don't even know. That's so high. Is that it was? Is that what you know, or is that just the number off the top of your head? No, no, no. I that, I looked it up today. I'm oh, trying to think. Okay. So if you bet, so uh, so Frank Mir is and Frank Mir is plus three fifty. So he's oh, okay. The, the he has the, the higher odds. Uh, yeah. So if you bet ten oh, okay. bucks on him, you'll win thirteen fifty. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think of what the negative five hundred. My math is terrible. So uh, you said he has. So if you bet ten dollars, I think you win like five cents. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you bet more people, if you are bet, put, yeah, yeah, if you bet ten bucks, you get a nickel back. That's your bet. You're wagering ten dollars to to win five. Cents. So you feel so you feel that uh, people are so the way the betting goes, people are putting their money more on uh, Junior Dos Santos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So well, that's, that's where makers, it is. Yeah. That's where it's going. The okay. odds makers put what percentage they think the likelihood is of them winning or losing, mm-hmm. and then based on that, they'll put the odds number up. Oh, okay. So typically when I bet, I like to find uh, underdogs who I think will win. Yeah. So I, I search for cards that I find a person that's above, that's like plus 125, yeah. like plus 150 or more. Because I want to make a little bit of money yeah. off betting very little. Instead of just like coming back with your stuff in a little extra or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're going to bet a, a big favorite, you got to bet a lot of money to make the, the payment. Yeah. Worth it. You know, like obviously getting a nickel on a $10 bet sucks. Yeah. Or it's <laughs> better like I, I yeah. try to get bets where I win 20 bucks off a $10 bet or something. Oh, okay. yeah. Something to that ratio. Oh, okay. Which I've been able to do. Like Nate Diaz was a big dog against Jim Miller. Yeah. He paid off. Um, LeVar Johnson was a big dog against Pat Barry. Mm-hmm. He paid off. Actually, Nate Diaz has paid off twice for me as a oh, big okay. underdog. Against Cerrone, too. Yeah. He was a big underdog against Cerrone. And so I've I've made good picks so far, but I, that's what I search for. Oh, okay, then, so you okay? I I could understand the way you already have like a you know, uh, was it a structure to go into, and then you know where like where it's not to go and yeah, stuff like that. And yeah, it, that just takes away from like people who just go in there, and they're just going by a gut feeling. Like yeah, you, well you know, and that's not to say that you can't just go bet on your favorite fighter. It's, yeah, and if you think they're gonna win, you're. You'll win something. Yeah. But if in terms of like being a smart bet, like, you know, like when people go up to roulette and play roulette and they'll put more money out on the table than they have the capability of winning back. Yeah. Where they give themselves no opportunity to yeah. win anything just by their own fucking ignorance. Yeah. It, it's hilarious. Like I have little roulette like, <laughs> schemes to try. I think I talked about roulette before too, but that's usually just to get free drinks for a while <laughs> and have fun too. It's yeah. not that it's not that a good payback value. No, nothing like card games, man. Card games get. Like, no, I get, love. Like, po- I used to good get poker tournaments and stuff like I that. I used to you play get... poker all the time. Like it was my it was my uh, my main hobby before jujitsu is yeah. my main one. Now. I feel but like before that was that golf that was big. Like you know, in the mid nineties and stuff like that. And yeah. Now it's, and I think I, I think it's coming back now because I see like a lot of uh, even in my hometown. There's a lot of poker houses coming up. You know, yeah, I don't know. Up. I haven't been on the scene in a while. I do. I just used to love going out and playing the morning tournaments out at Saquon and Viejas, uh-huh. and mostly Saquon. It's just these crazy old dudes that were just the like the most interesting people that I could yeah. imagine hanging out with. <laughs> like just all walks of life, but really, it was like the old guys, like the sixty, seventy year old yeah. guys that I really enjoyed just sitting around and hearing their stories, playing yeah. cards for <laughs> hours on end. Like it was really valuable. I I made a lot of like weird poker friends in in that era of people who i typically 
would not come across. It's yeah. Like, you know, Rogan talks about like people in um, the pool, pool halls. halls. Yeah. And that's, I grew up in pool halls coming up as a kid too. Yeah. Like my buddy who I mentioned, whose house that used to do all the barbecue. Oh yeah. He had a pool table and his dad um, taught us all to play pool. And, my family actually played pool too. Yeah, um, I love pool, man. I've I, been playing since I, I was like five or six. Yeah, I haven't played that long that long ago. I think it's been like two years since I've actually like played regularly, man. Yeah, it's great, and it it was the same thing. Like I I was playing tournaments mm-hmm. as a teenager, and I would hang me and my buddies would hang out in pool halls at like fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. And it would be all old hustlers in there during the day. Yeah. You know, we could go and smoke cigarettes and drink beers and shit, and nobody yeah. gave a fuck. You know, it was a little bit different time, but, uh, like, just the like the type of characters that hang out in those yeah. places are just interesting to me. Like, I just it's want to, it's, it's great to hear their yeah. stories. And I've, my whole life, people have been willing to sort of open up to me. Yeah. Even at a younger age, uh-huh. it was very strange, like... People would tell me their fucking like their secrets, like, yeah. Shit, they wouldn't tell other people for some reason. Like I don't know if I just like it looks like I can keep secrets or what. Or and I think I'd, it's just like you gave off this thing like you really like it's not really you're not a quick person to judge or maybe yeah. That's, that. And that's know. what I try like I try to whenever people tell me stuff I just relate my own experience to mm-hmm. things like that because I don't know if people are telling me things because they want advice or. Or sometimes people just want to tell you shit just to get it off their chest. Yeah. Like, sometimes they don't have somebody to, to tell. Yeah, I figure that's to. how most I've had strangers happen, tell me the craziest shit. Yeah. Dude, uh, I, I know about that, too, man. I was, like, uh, I was coming home from one day from work, and this guy needed a ride, and he had his family with him. And so, like, I gave him a ride. He was, like, going to Mayor Mesa. He wanted me to drop him off at the Denny's. But he was telling me, like, you know, I had a car. I used to live in Arizona. I lost my job. Uh-oh. Like, my first wife, I was like, just immediately after the job, like, my first wife didn't make, or didn't, uh, you know, like me. So we got a divorce and this and that. And, like, all in the span of, like, five minutes. And I'm just like, I just, I'm just driving you guys home. Like, please. Like, <laughs> it's like, just say thank you for the ride. And, you know, I don't want to hear life stories. Because some of that stuff, dude, like, once they're out of the car, then you dwell on whatever they told you. The yeah. next, like, ten minutes, dude, it's just like, oh, man. And it kind of, like makes you a little appreciative but then you're just like i didn't need that at the end of the day you know to go to bed with and like think like i helped somebody but in in like you know in the reality you didn't you did like a very small fraction yeah, of the I big had, outcome speaking of gambling <laughs> i was i i had got like third place in a poker tournament at yeah. one point in Squan, and it got a pretty decent payout like a few hundred bucks or something yeah and as i was walking out this couple asked me for a ride and clearly they were a little bit on the shady side. Like they probably, they were probably doing meth and, uh, like yeah, a meth little, and stuff like that. Yeah. They looked a little shysty. Like my instincts were like, be careful. Uh-huh. And I, as I, I was like, just because I'm nice, I just said yes right mm-hmm. away or something. And then I, you know, I turned to him. I was like, you know what? I, I was like, you guys better not jack me right now. Yeah. So I just threw it out there. I was like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't know you guys. You don't know me. Uh, let's let's just make a pact right now that we're yeah. not gonna, like you're not gonna stab me. You don't have a knife. Like mm-hmm. I really like I said these questions to yeah. him point blank, just to see the reaction. Yeah. To see if they like acted weird about it. Because mm-hmm. if, if, if it was weird, I was just gonna be like, nah, let's not do this. This doesn't yeah. seem right. But I they seemed so you know nice enough, and I figured I could probably kick the dude's ass. But yeah, as, as long as he didn't have like a knife and shank me in the rib while we're driving down the road. Yeah. You know, or from the backseat. You know, I, I typically have a good judge of character. 
Yeah. But that one I had I had to ask just to get the like the read on him. Plus yeah. I just been p- playing poker for 4 hours so it's like <laughs> you've been psycho dealing... like yeah. reading people's expressions for yeah. 4 hours straight gets like all of a sudden you start reading people's minds and shit yeah. it's weird. Or you think you read but you're just reading like you know their uh what is it their expressions and Yeah, stuff it's like a body that. language. Really tied, yeah, yeah, body language. People give off all sorts of weird shit that they don't even realize. I talk about that shit a lot too like how much body language instincts are still mm-hmm. part of our personality and the way we interact in the world. Yeah. Although we don't ever consciously think about it. Like yeah, we see true. it in animals. Like we're always like, Oh, a dog can smell fear or some bullshit like yeah. that. But you know, we never think about it from our own abilities to perceive like just when you know something is shady. Like that's what's always got me by like yeah. there's I almost have, a certain vibe, like you know, you, you can even like you even feel it in neighborhoods and stuff like that where it's like a high crime. Like there's a uh, sort of so uneasy funny. tension and stuff like yeah, that. And then when I you would, go into some neighborhood that's kinda like, you know, everyone's well off and you know, there's no crime and there's kids playing, there's sort of, you know, a little bit there's at less, ease. yeah, there, and that's what a lot of people talk about, um, like this idea of white privilege. That even growing up in uh uh a community like a poor community yeah that you have a different set of stresses put upon you that somebody in a more affluent community yeah. has no idea about but um I, I had the same i was in portland uh a few years ago and me and my girlfriend were just walking around the city just just exploring yeah and we hit this pizza spot and everything is like pretty you know like middle class like regular shit yeah we got around this one corner and it kind of got like shady yeah all the houses look exactly the same the cars started to change a little bit like the value of the car and that's not to say that i'm a person that really that cares about any of that shit it was just an observation yeah and i looked over and i saw a snoopy drawing like a spray paint of snoopy (laughs) on a on a wall and just growing up like with my buddies yeah and grove in lamita village like close to skyline like i just was like uh snoopy just doesn't it's not a friendly snoopy yeah like it and then there was like some bad like uh, old English lettering that yeah. I really, I liked it personally, but I something told me not that, to like it. It was so. like, oh, this means that there's a little higher level of danger than there yeah. was just one moment ago. Yeah, and it's all created in her head. That's what's that's that's the funniest thing of the whole about it is a lot of times these things are just a figment of our imagination mm-hmm. and things, you know, partly our experiences in the past. But yeah, like the idea that we can predict when. Uh, when something bad could happen, or like that, we can predict the capabilities of any particular human being. Yeah, which is not to say that those things that obviously people are capable of some crazy shit. I just yeah. watched them. Um, I think they just go by trends, you know. Yeah, like popular, sure. That's what I mean. Like, trends yeah. like from back uh-huh. then and stuff like that, and they just match. Like if if it starts leading this way, it can have this outcome, and they have like you know different things. There was this film that came out in the 70s called that I just watched on YouTube um, called The Killing of America. Yeah. Super brutal. It's basically um, what Michael Moore did with Bowling for Columbine. Yeah. Uh, talking about gun violence in America. Yeah. But it was all um, crazy 70s and 80s footage. What? Uh, like police and news footage that yeah. was uh, like 
hyper hyper grotesque like showing assassinations and people getting shot and they made this idea that you know like the things shifted at the kennedy assassination yeah so they went over that and then a lot of the then the reagan assassination attempt Mm -hmm. uh robert kennedy but also was showing which was really creepy of how many um news clips they used from san diego yeah there's a lot of weird killings that have happened in san diego like uh, like people who uh, just are walking around the street with guns and yeah. won't put them down and point them at the cops and the cops just kill them. Um, there was a, a teenage girl uh-huh. who in Claremont was just opened her window one Monday morning and got her shotgun. She was like a, um, a shotgun, you know, she, skeet shooting, skeet shoot, you know, yeah. comp- competition shooter, stuff like yeah. that. She and the kids, she lived across the street from the elementary school, and mm-hmm. she just started shooting kids as they were walking to school. And they asked her, What, uh, what, what, why did you choose particular kids to shoot? And she was like, Well, I like red and blue. And so she was just shooting kids that were wearing red and blue. And then, so it was almost like she was using them as another disc to shoot, yes. And nonchalantly, she, she was like, Yeah, Mondays are so boring. Like, as if being bored was the reason for shooting these people. But there was an abnormal amount of San Diego yeah. clips. But it was really weird to see San Diego, like, in the 70s yeah. and the 70s cops. Like, yeah. the very stereotypical, like, Chips. Like, the blonde guy from Chips. Yeah. You know, like, weird mustaches and old cars and shit. It was very weird. Yeah. There was a guy that, like, kidnapped a dude for three days mm-hmm. with a shotgun tied to his neck and what? just people are fucking batshit crazy and they showed how how different it is in different countries like and it, no real explanation like wasn't very judgmental yeah it didn't wasn't like guns are the problem or whatever you no, know it's like, like it actual like, people man yeah <laughs> it was it was it was startling it made so, me feel really weird to watch what what if it is like the whole thing like of this whole routine like you wake up and stuff like you go to work so like this person was uh you know deep in the routine and just looked for something just that something in that routine but a thrill to add to it and you think it just kind of just snapped or well i don't know they almost where she didn't think it was it was bad but like it was just something that gave i don't know there's a, there's a disconnect. It's it's very strange. With the presidential um, assassination attempts, they made a very uh, subtle connection to like like mind control stuff. Yeah. Like and it's in, we all know how many conspiracy theories are based around all the the, the particularly the Kennedy yeah. assassination. But the like uh, they interviewed Sarah Sarah or whatever the fuck the guy who shot Robert yeah. Kennedy. And he was like, I don't even remember doing it. Like, and if we look at some of like the CIA studies that were yeah. happening at the time, there was tons of mind control stuff that was going on. And people even say the same thing about yeah. uh, the Unabomber. Yeah, the same thing. And it, like, I could tie about back into like you know the whole gang mentality too, because I watched this uh, documentary on like you know the MS13 gang and this guy in like South LA. You know, he was like 14 when he shot his first guy. He remembers it, but he doesn't remember why he did it. Like he said, right when the moment came, like I, I had went there on the intention, telling you know so I can join this gang. But when the action came, I don't remember nothing. Yeah, then that's you there's know, like is there something like a there, mechanism in your yeah, brain that there is? It happens to cops a lot, and they they talk about that quite a bit. Like when we see cops who shoot people, and mm-hmm. all they end up having was uh, like a, a, a hoagie sandwich or something wrapped up in tinfoil. Yeah, um, we just uh, 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 something that just happened here in San Diego about a year ago. 
there was a chase on the 52. Um, oh, a yeah, drunk driver that, was yeah. going down the wrong side of the freeway uh, into oncoming traffic. Now, people from San Diego, if you've ever driven on the 52, there's two spots where there's a big um, bridge over a, a, a huge ravine. The, yeah. Well, the cop who drives that road every single day uh, was in the shoulder and didn't get back onto the road and uh, went off the cliff. At, w- at the point of the bridge where he should have merged over to yeah. be. And what happens is we get um, tunnel vision. Yeah. And our brain our brain goes into panic mode. And when it goes into panic mode, it has the tendency to shut down every, uh, every mind state that isn't useful for the current survival situation yeah. that you're taking place when you're in a very uh, high-stress situation. So, like... All of a sudden, you get tunnel vision. You don't see uh, fully to your right and to yeah. your left. Um, you're like, for instance, like people don't feel their bodies because that that sensation just goes away. It's this. It's very similar to um, getting in the sensory deprivation tank, which I think yeah. I talked about. Is when you give your mind uh, a certain opportunity to not have to focus on certain aspects, like the yeah. feeling of your skin or your environment, it allows other things to to work fully where they wouldn't have the brain energy to do so well the brain is very effective so its only goal is survival and it just starts to shut down like our motor skills Mm -hmm. that's why people uh we see it in like mike uh not michael vick but um the uh burris the giants guy who shot himself in the leg oh yeah a lot of people shoot themselves when they try to pull a gun out to shoot somebody Mm -hmm. it happened it happened to tupac in New York, a lot of people don't realize that shit yeah. either. Is when he got shot by he, other yeah. people, but he shot himself in the dick because he had a gun. And w- what ended up happening, he was trying to pull the gun out to shoot who was yeah. the guys that are trying to rob him. But in doing so, our motor skills get fucked up. And yeah. in that craziness, if you've never shot, like, I'm not, Tupac probably had shot people before, but. Uh, I think it's a thing like the, he, he had the intention he knew, but the moment he got his hand around the gun, like the instinct was to pull the trigger. Yeah, our mind shuts off. It it, it doesn't. So quite just everything know. comes automatic and yeah. Boom. It, it, we see the same thing in fighting. If you see somebody who doesn't know what they're doing in a fight, like yeah. they just go into sheep in or deer in the headlights or rabbit in the headlights yeah. or whatever. It's like or you, you know just they don't they know overcompensate and they just like shake and like overthrow. Yeah, and flail you see and that a lot, shit. man. Especially like on World Star Hip Hop. Yeah, I got that. Gosh, you love that shit, huh? No, dude, that it makes, makes me angry. It's another one of those things, but it's like watching that that t- uh, killing of America. It's almost like it makes you feel shitty to know that this type of society exists. Yeah, but on some level, I can't, I'm trying to make it seem like it's healthy. I can't. I don't. Can't imagine that it is. But like, just knowing that like yeah. allows you to. Maybe be a little more. You have a little bit more information to, than you did, and then before. if you see the situation coming up you know within yourself, yeah, yeah. You, you can totally people are fucking crazy, and they'll do some crazy shit. Yeah, and that kind of ties back to that Florida thing and the kid wearing yeah. the 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 kill honky or yeah. you know, what, you know <laughs> whatever the fuck it is, bitch ass cracker or whatever if, it is. You know, if anybody looks at World Star Hip Hop and God, sees how intro. how some of the fucking uh, like how shit gets handled in some of these communities yeah. that are predominantly black, like shit gets fucking rough. And if to pretend no, that that's like not a, a reality, evil man. It's like 
ridiculous and it goes not even within that you know community itself and like that spawns up into other communities and then other communities and then the community the higher-ups in that community will make a bigger deal about it yeah so we it's saw like, the same thing it's like from a big ripple in the water you know when you that asian like five kid rocks got beat water. up yeah oh dude like people weird. went crazy like it yeah. was the end of the world and but we dude any day you go look on world star hip hop you're gonna see somebody white black Chinese Mexican yeah. whatever Indian getting their ass whooped and it may be by a large by like group a of group people, people yeah. and it may be racial in tone it may be racially incited yeah is, it's it's weird man because like I I see that and like immediately it's like I think that's racist or something like that or or that's the way they are but that's like I. Then I step back and like that's what I was programmed to do. It was like, what's the real reason why they're fighting? Is it because their society uh, bred them that way to where they only have certain things that set them off or anything like that? It it just really uh, once you, you take to... the filter of racism off and you try to look at something, there's something that doesn't make sense. That's why you got to talk to economists about these sorts of things, like social economists. Like, yeah, those are the best people because they have no no bias, no no pre-intention i i would assume for the most part i'm sure there's uh-huh. there's flaws in the system but you know they're looking at the numbers and and seeing what what gets told and i mean obviously we we can make assumptions what it's like to be in certain areas but i mean based on experience you yeah and even though we're not having personal experiences and maybe the internet obviously can be biased. Yeah. The information is there. And I'm the type of person that will go and look at information from all sorts of angles to mm-hmm. see both people's sides of the story. But it seems like particularly in this, like obviously we don't know all the, the details of the Zimmerman Martin yeah. situation. But like there's a, there's almost a, a level of white guilt that we, we don't want to even focus on what, could have caused this man to even shoot to decide to shoot a kid yeah. like this like what what ca- like because there's no justification honestly to yeah but to shoot somebody based but. on the way shit goes in florida man for instance when i was in miami the the street that i painted on had six murders oh gosh just a, a less than a quarter mile block so so you're saying like there was there's so much things going on and then something that something someone could take a hold of and blow up they had the right you know they saw the opportunity and they did that. yeah to turn it into like a race issue like that it's well like that was the this, first thing that went up yeah man. it was like that's race what sells issue. that's what sells ad space unfortunately in the media that's ridiculous and like we we're fighting like there's a lot of people that like you know like i even believe it you don't look at anybody at their skin color you look at for them like their person yeah. their personality sucks then I'm not going to hang out with you, but I'm not going to hang out with you because your skin color. But think color, about like how we have on your body and that stuff. How we as a society also perpetuate these things because everybody started posting about it on their Facebook and which side of the the yeah the, it immediately the went they were one on, side, like whether they're right or left, and you know nobody's willing to look, or not nobody, but it seems a large portion of society is is, is either going to be black or white. Like it's like it's going to be this one or the other. I'm yeah. not. That's why I try to always say like to keep ideas instead of beliefs. That's why when I first seen it and like people were posting up, like I was like, I'm gonna play this out before I actually make my decision. I still can't yeah. make my decision. Yeah, now. we still don't know what the fuck. Had but gone there's still on. people, you know, riding on that other train. Like you know, it was a racism, and like you know, this is a sweet little boy. But in the end, like you that know. dude could have been high on opiates. Yeah, <laughs> they're right there. I'm pretty sure they're right in that. I'm pretty sure it's the same area. 
God forbid he was high on weed, man. Oh, I know. Destroy everything yeah. else. If both those dudes just smoked a joint together, they would have. <laughs> there'd be none of this. None That's of this totally issue. true, man. Yeah, that might be a good spot to. <laughs> if we could reverse time and George Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin just smoked a joint, it was weird how they tried to make the weed apart, like to try to make the kid seem like uh, like more hoodlum like that he had yeah. that he got kicked out for having. An uh, empty bag of weed. Yeah, like that's the biggest of the issues here. Yeah, like, that seems. That's, that's but that's more. that weird thing that the media perception. That's like digging into like whatever you know. Yeah, how terrible to do that to do to somebody who was just shot down too. I don't know. It's it's bad on both sides. It is. Uh, yeah. What 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 would cause you to be so afraid to shoot a kid? Like wh- what? What would entice you to, unless you feel like your life is in danger? One, what do you what do you need to carry around a gun for? Maybe that's the first question yeah. we need to ask: is what what would cause a man to need to carry a gun around on a regular? You know, if you're out on a daily walk, oh, yeah. I better grab my gun. What what causes those fears first? Maybe we should talk about that, like socially. Yeah. And and see what issues are amongst white and black when we talk about that. What are the what are the fears? Like, what are you yeah, afraid what of? What instills in that fact or the reasoning you think it's okay to carry a gun? Yeah, and stuff like that. I mean, even like if I do own, my dad owns guns too, but he doesn't have the need to carry them. Yeah, like there's I I don't understand. Is it something the, when you're in constant danger, but then when you get out of it, you still have that mindset. Even the amount of people that carry um, knives in their pocket, like I know a lot of times it's mostly uti- utilitarian. Yeah, I know? used to carry a knife too. I did too. I stopped. Yeah, and like then I didn't really need but to. But that's what I. But a part of carrying it was this idea of protection, and if you have this thought that wow, I'm going out into society and I need this protection that could possibly yeah. end the life of another fellow human being. What does that say about you as yeah. a person? Like that, I had to ask myself that. Like, And not only that, people who don't fucking know, like more often than not, I think the percentage is fucking high that if you, the, if you get in a, a knife fight, if you pull a knife on somebody, the likelihood of both of you getting stabbed is really high. Yeah. Other people don't realize someone can grab it from you, or you can miss, you know, and stuff like that. Fall get on it, punched in the face, and yeah. dr- get knocked out, drops out of your hand. Yeah. You're getting cut, son. Why bother? Yeah, Why yeah bother that's with true, that? man. I actually stopped carrying a knife when I started first uh, getting into Muay Thai. Yeah, because it seemed <laughs> like you didn't need it anymore. Yeah. Huh? yeah. Now I look back at it, it was kind of some sort of protection. Just well, that's kind of a, retarded, dude. It's funny. That now that I look back at it, I was like, that's one of those things I look back and I was like, wow, I really carried a knife. Yeah, it's weird, right? <laughs> the owner of the gym was telling, was making a comment how it's funny how like all of us think we're like pro fighters now, just because we, you know, work you know, you, in the gym a yeah. little bit. But to, and I was like, well, it's good to a certain extent because the reality is, is that based on the layman public, if they've never experienced a martial art before, there yeah. is a slight yeah. You're like on this like, uh, a, like a little tier above where you can actually protect yourself in yeah. the situation. It's definitely of like, not the level of pro fighters. No, n- not that way. But you could protect yourself to an extent to where you could protect yourself without getting injured while doing it. Like yeah, you'll have maybe. To, Likely, like, you got a little well, better you chance. Got, yeah, you got a better chance. Yeah. You'll you'll likely come out less scuffed up than the other guy, That's or like whatever. You know, having that little bit of experience, and maybe yeah. you can avoid a bad situation if you if you want to. It's almost like the same thing with the you know even growing up fighting like most of the, like you know, people in bad neighborhoods. I mean, when they grow up, you know, they fight day to day. 
I mean, they're going to be a lot better. Well, I'm not sure about, you know, trained martial arts. But why do they fight like... so bad? They always throw such looping yeah. left hooks. It's like right... it's it's closed fists and, like, extended arm the full, you know, full swing. It's Here's ridiculous, man. Public no service announcement. <laughs> if you're ever going to fight like a gangster, just throw straights. Just straight rights and straight lefts right it's down weird. the tube. You, there's it. more power in that. There's, I mean, you have your, what is it? Your, the bending of your elbow to compensate for you have the time to actually hit someone's head when you do that full like awkward swing it's ridiculous yeah. learn how to fight guys yeah and then i'll actually watch more of your videos <laughs> you know <laughs> it's still entertaining as shit yeah it's funny when you see them and like you see one guy like he's kind of calm he probably knows what he's doing but he's still gonna throw those wacky ass punches but then the guy that's he's like shaking and like you know has his head really cocked back and stuff like that it's just ridiculous man yeah you could tell the people who know how to throw punches yeah. When it happens, that's usually the ones where people get knocked out. Yeah. But uh, also, some things are those are just by chance, you know. Yeah, a lot of it is is uh, fucking sucker shots too. Out of oh, coming out of that. left field and just blasting somebody it's in like the ear. Like get right, under, yeah, like underneath the ear into the jaw to where it kind of opens it up. Yeah. yeah. This shit is terrible. It's ridiculous, and they know that, and they don't know how to throw a correct punch. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's know? either that or nothing. <laughs> that's a that's that thing. Uh, somebody was saying that um, either if you're gonna go. For, if you're going to go for the KO as fast as possible, you're probably not going to win the decision. Yeah. If you don't make it through that that initial burst. Yeah, because you throw everything in it. You know, it's just yeah, one. yeah, the likelihood is that the other person is going to outlast you and, yeah. and beat you by decision. Yeah. So. Well, I guess for that, I think it was an amazing time talking with you again. Yeah, man, and thanks for having this be sort of semi-my show. It's so nice that the sound quality is going to be so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. We're going to try to work future, something yeah, out. Yeah, we got to do something so I can come over and like start producing some stuff for you. Yeah, I'd yeah. love for that to happen. I just need to get more local guests on the show. Yeah. Well, even like, you know, Skype stuff, you know, it could still come out good. Um, but yeah, thank you for tuning in. Uh, you know, like us on Facebook, you know, keep the downloads up. We're the most popular show on the network, by the way, Mike. Fantastic. Yeah. I always check to see if the other <laughs> show has some black bars in the, yeah. in the iTunes. Yeah. It's weird. It, I don't know how it goes, but one time I seen like it was just like a full list of our shows, and the next day I saw a full list of like the main show, Stallion Radio, and I was like, whoa. But it, it shifts day to day. Yeah, every day it changes. Yeah, it they, always shifts. They, and I, the, I don't know how accurate all those it's numbers basically, are. It's basically, I don't know. It's on like there. if one person clicks on that one day, it's going to get like a bar rating and stuff like that. And then the next week, if no one clicks on that, then it's getting nothing. Yeah, go on there and rate and uh, comment and subscribe. And subscribe to Live Free Podcast. Yeah. You know, great things, man. One of like the biggest names we have besides like, you know, Vinicius and stuff like that on the podcast. I'm a big name? Yeah, you're a big name, man. Uh, I don't know about all that, but I appreciate it. <laughs> but anyways, until next time. All right, hold on. We got to do internet. We got to do daps. Oh, daps. It's always done. Okay. It's nice that it could be a person. Oh, nice.